seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 136 of Color Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect players at and away from their computers and game tables. I am your host, and for 136 very in-depth and sometimes emotional episodes, I still got my main man, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? They have been in-depth and at times <laughs> emotional. We answer with a win. Keeping it real. <laughs> For real. We've been lucky that we didn't hit the keeping it real goes wrong yet. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's you know, if you're new here, this is what we're signing up for. I mean, this this is uh, real serious and personal conversations. And uh, we talk about a lot of serious issues. But we like to have fun, too. But, you exactly. know, sometimes you have weeks like this week where there's a lot of serious issues to talk about. Sometimes it's the Quan Showers thoughts, you know, sometimes it's uh, the, the, the uh, serious stuff. You know? Yep. You never know. Though this week, I got to say, if my energy is a little bit down or I get a little lost here, just I got to let you know, I had to put my cat down earlier today. My oldest boy, he was 15, 16 almost. So he had a good run. You know, yeah. we he had some ailments. So we had time to be OK with it. But it's still yeah. like, nah, that sucks, you know. Yeah, I mean, 15 years, like that's, you know, that's almost half your life. Man. Yep, that's <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just just put that out there. But yeah, before there we plenty get of, plenty of people that, you know, I didn't date for 15 years. That's a Dude, long there's, time. There's people in my life right now I ain't known for 15 years. So for real. much less date them. But yeah, be sure to go by cardsphere.com. Big supporter of the show since we were. A fledgling little nothing, or a lot of guys, the old country folks say, like, since we were knee-high to a grasshopper. There you go. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, check them out. They're a great place to buy and sell cards at the price you want. And I know it sounds crazy, but go check out their site. It's totally true and worth it. And if you want to support the show directly, you can go to patreon.com slash color of magic. And you could be like Baptiste, who is a supporter since December 2020. So thank you for that. Or our newest patron, Ricky Wood. Thanks for coming on board there, friend. Welcome. And, and then finally, you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop if you want to pick up some tokens and play mats. And hopefully here on social media over the next week, we'll get to show off the new tokens that uh, if I can get my hands on them this weekend, should be in the shop within about seven to 10 days. So we got some cool stuff coming. But this week, let's get into uh, some soapboxy stuff. Now, you know, we were talking about uh, sometimes we have some serious topics to talk about. This one, this one's pretty tough and serious. And we're going to step away from gaming for just a little bit here. But it we, uh, like addressing the stuff that happened in, in Buffalo, New York. You know, for those of you who don't know, crazy dude happened to be a white dude. No offense, but it usually is. Went in, shot up a grocery store. I believe shot. Connected with 10 people, and I think seven of them ended up dying. Three were in the hospital. But not just that. I believe within like a 24 or 48-hour period, we had like four shootings around the country. Yeah, we, we had a couple here in Dallas. Yeah, it's just like all over, right? One was in California. It, it's just like, and they all had the same MO. Yeah, yeah they were all pretty, pretty much all targeting specific ethnic groups. Yeah, and that's tough, you know, because we... Trying to say how this was like to offend the fewest people, but try to still be factual. But like, 
it sucks to have to paint a group or even a political party or whatever and say like, this is your fault. But when you look at the fact that each of these people, or actually I don't know about one of them, so it may not be all of them in this case, but generally speaking, a very large percentage of them follow your ideology. Hell, one of them wrote, what was it, 108 pages of basically racist drivel. (laughs) I mean, like talking about like the great replacement and all this stuff, right? Had he placed any of that energy towards, you know, schoolwork? Because I will bet he's probably probably had a whole bunch of assignments. How could you if you're completing a hundred, almost 200 page manifesto? You know, but, but even beyond this. that, though, like we talk a lot about look at how much energy and effort these people put in. I like even beyond the actual killing of people. But even we've each had it, you know, people that have come want to troll your your streams for yep. a month or whatever. Right. Look at all that energy and negativity or whatever. Some of these people want to put in. To just hate somebody. I was talking to my family about this. Like, imagine hating black people or telling hating any race so much. You are willing to throw the rest of your life away to kill seven or seven or eight of them. Not just That's that. Just, kill them at random. Yeah. It's not even like you went, I know this person's a bad person and I'm going to go take them out. Like, you're yeah, just like, like he drove a couple of hundred miles. Dude, he streamed himself driving for like whatever it was like 10 minutes or something across town or whatever to go to this place like really and it's on twitch which is almost as a whole different (laughs) set of soapbox now credit i will say from everything i could read up on because i tried to follow up on that part of it which does bring it back to gaming is that I guess the minute he got into the store or I guess it took out the weapon to start trying to do something or whatever, they did cut the feed effectively. I don't know if that was coincidental timing or if somebody was watching it and saying, like, okay, we want to get as much evidence as we can and then not show whatever ridiculous thing this guy's about to do. Like, I don't know, but enough people. Cause at one point I think he, I think they said they had between like 30 and 50 people watching him. So he had at least a modest following or viewing which is also crazy because how many times have you been on Twitch and seen somebody say one thing wrong or whatever? Exactly. And something happens. And then like you have this person talking about how he's going to go get all these MFers or whatever, literally driving, telling you what's going to go down. And like, we're still just letting this roll. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine, you know, cause I, I'm sure like if you, if you're, Looking at this, you were probably like not taking it seriously at first, because how many times, have you, as you as you said, how many times you've seen somebody on a platform say a bunch of racial slurs or say something stupid, then immediately, oh, I, you know, I didn't mean it; it was just a joke or what have you. And you, dude, I'm sure- you know, as I do, though, sometimes you people say things, and you're already getting notices or warnings, or you get an email, yeah. or hell, on TikTok, they just shut your crap down or whatever and you're not even talking about killing people that's the part that's crazy but literally like this is this is why when we come back and say like things like fox and whatever are a problem and don't get me wrong i'm not saying you have to think like me and i'm not saying my thoughts and my ways are the only right way but when you are supporting 
a company, a person, a people that are literally, like we said the other last week, we were talking about the, you know, they made, made a whole symbol of black American flags to hang out to warn you they're willing to kill you. Right. Right. Like for the quote unquote constitution. Yeah. Like, how is that okay? Like, how, like, Here's the thing, and we've talked about it on the show before. Like, I can have a buddy for years, but if my buddy just starts saying some dumb things, I gotta hold him accountable. Yeah. It could be a matter of life or death at this point. Yeah, we've talked about it. Like, we have a mutual friend that we've mm-hmm. known for hell at this point, probably about 12 years. Yeah. And I'll be damned if there wasn't a point where I just like had to have the talk of like, dude, really? You know, like so how can you support a company? And I get it. You say, oh, well, Fox puts on the people I support or whatever. Like, cool. But what else do they support? And we're going to talk about that in the dinner table. We're going to dive yeah. deeper into that whole subject. But yeah, this is just crazy. And then the way people are talking about it. Right? And this is why we titled this episode that words do matter. Because first off, just on how these things are handled, like we've, you know, we've had the stories of just, a black orderly literally laying on the sidewalk with his arms in the air, speaking clearly to police officers, yeah. get shot. Somebody sitting in their house. Somebody comes in, get shot. Somebody following instructions in a hallway. In, in a hotel. Get shot. We used to, you know, give our children instructions on how to behave when you're pulled over. Or when you're interacting with police, I don't know how to tell my kids, hey, you know, don't sit in the privacy of your own home and mind your own business. <laughs> That's where we've gotten to at this point where you can but be here's shot the other, doing that. But even beyond that, the problem then becomes you have your Dylan Roos of the world that shot up a church. Not only does he get arrested with no problems, he gets taken out for Burger King Yeah, because he was hungry. You have this latest dude in in Buffalo gets not only gets arrested. Did you see the pictures? They're like arm around the shoulders, like, you know, whatever, escorting him to the car. Like body no, language. Yeah, no roughing him so up. Much. No, like shove your head down, get in the car. Like it's the most casual thing ever. But you know, and I know you had to have seen that and just thought. Yeah. If they walk up and I'm just holding a gun, I may not even been the one that shot people. I'm probably dead on sight. Hell, we had that thing. I don't know if I told you about that. I watched a video two weeks ago of a guy who worked at a at a hotel. Had a it was a black guy. Had a white dude come in harassing him, and he was drunk. He calls the cops and says like, "Hey, we shoved this dude out. We gave him a, a no trespassing thing. He we need to get him out of here." The cops show up. They hassled the black dude and then ended up taking him down. He's the one who called the cops. All this is on camera, by the way. They eventually get it worked out. And then instead of arresting the drunk white dude, they call his friends to come pick him up and give him a ride home because he was tipsy. Uh, this is, you know, <laughs> this is why we don't want to call the police a lot of the time. Exactly. And then... There's even more levels to it because then the reporting comes in and you have people describing this latest, I'm going to call it a domestic terrorist. Yeah. As a 18 year old teenage boy. 
Yet, if we rewind the clock, Brown, who was a victim, was described as an 18-year-old man. And now, you know, like, and then every time this happens, we go back and say, oh, well, let's find all the reasons this person did this thing, or let's try to find some rationale as to whatever. But then you rewind back to a Trayvon Martin, who was getting a soda or a tea and some Skittles, pretty much minding his own business, that we're going to dig into his background and try to find, I don't know what they end up finding, like a screwdriver or something in a backpack and like, oh, well, this could have been a, a robbery tool. Like, come on, if man. you're friggin' MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, come on. Like, this stuff, this is part of the problem. You know, when you see a black person, and, and even as a black person, right? Like, you you see it in the news that you were talked about, or even as a victim, you're described as a hoodlum or a thug, or you were troubled or whatever, right? But then we see descriptions of this dude from this last weekend described as a boy who was a lone wolf, not part of a group, whatever. He was misunderstood. Like, it doesn't matter. He shot 10 people. And again, he clearly is part of a group. They're called white supremacists. Oh, and and then, and this is after even, and that was my problem, even after that whole crazy, like, 100-page manifesto or whatever was out, and y'all are like, you still ain't gonna call him what he is? Like, come on, man. Like, and, and again, we're talking about it was on Twitch, and you're seeing it on social media, whatever. And 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 then... You're in a situation like mine where we're, I'm slowly starting to get a following. You know, I'm not quite a somebody yet, but, you know, we're starting to build the groundswell. And then I have to look and see, like, how do I feel about some of these people supporting me that are OK with what this dude did? Like, now I have to be cognizant that if somebody is complimenting me or sends me something or whatever, like, I don't know if they're one of these random dudes. Which is really weird. And then what does that say about how they view me? Right. You know what I mean? Like this, this is so many random thoughts and levels to have to be concerned about that you shouldn't have to be concerned about. But it's a real thing. Crazy out here, man. But anyway, I'm going to step off the soapbox because I hear you actually have some good news to actually put into the soapbox. Yeah. Um... Because while we do get off on, you know, rants during this part of the show, we also want to just you know, talk about positive things and mention people who we do support and give them some love also. So I wanted to mention the Games and Online Harassment Hotline. And basically it's a free text-based confidential emotional support hotline. And it's really for anybody in the gaming community. They say you could be a player. Uh, somebody that works in the game industry, a streamer, a competitor, just any part of the community. They, if you need help, this is somebody you can reach out to. And you know, if they can't, if they can't personally, you know, re- resolve your issue. They will put you in contact with other resources and kind of try to try to help you out. Because let's be honest, you know, game the things like harassment in gaming. It's not a, it's not a one of. It's a. It's a systemic problem at this point. And it doesn't get better if we don't talk about it. That's part of why we created this show is because 
there's just a lot of BS out there happening to where this hobby where we get off work, you know, or spend some of our free time just to try and enjoy things. Or, you know, for those of us who create content to also try to make a living off of it, it, it's it becomes a different thing because of so many, you know, bad actors, racism, sexism. I mean, damn, just just all the isms that we had to deal with while we're trying to do something that is positive and fun. Yeah, you know, and I have to say, I think it's a really good thing that we're we're talking about. I mean, the royal we, not just us, but talking about the mental health side of things quite a bit because – I, like I said, I feel very, and this isn't to brag or anything, but I feel very fortunate that I went through a lot of things already just as a person before I even entered the gaming or content space in any real way. So when I had those interactions, like I've told you, you know, we talked about it on the show on like some of the League of Legends interactions I've had, right? Those didn't mentally tear me down. I just literally went, eh, I'm not really going to mess with this crap and walked away, right? But I could see how that would really tear at some people. So it's cool to have this resource to say, like, hey, here's somewhere you can go. And and kind of related to this, uh, Pipeline, which is one of the big uh, content creator, like, platforms help you build up your skills or whatever. They recently, I believe, signed some type of deal or partnership deal with uh, BetterHelp, which is also a mental health thing to help creators or whatever. So that's out there. So it's cool to see that multiple companies are kind of stepping up into the space. Yep, I should also mention uh, that a lot of those companies actually sponsored this hotline. There's a, see, I, I just saw it, and now I'm looking for it. I, I can't find it. Yeah, some of your some of your favorite publishers and uh, game developers are supporting these efforts because uh, they they know this is a thing you know that needs to happen. And and you know, I would say even more so with COVID, because people have started spending more time isolated. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something, again, like many things that we'll be able to discuss five and 10 years from now, seeing the effects of things. But a lot of people kind of relied on their social group to help navigate some of their issues or give them somebody to talk to or, hell, just somebody to get a hug from and just listen to them for a little bit or whatever. And you haven't had that for, hell, for a lot of us are going on damn near three years. You know, yeah, like this is a long time. These are kind of unprecedented times, you know, and definitely it helps to talk to people. Yeah. And I've said it before, like I had some weekly things, you know, even if you just go play FNM or go hang out with somebody for a board game night, like I haven't done those in over two and a half years. That's a long time, man. <laughs> now I say two and a half because like leading up to the end of 2019, I was busy getting content off the ground and then COVID hit. So then that's just extra time. But, you know, by the time we get to the end of summer, you'll be talking about almost three years. That's crazy. And, you know, if you and I'm fortunate to be somebody who's extroverted. Right. But imagine you're an introvert that you had to overcome all these hills. To eventually get to a point of comfort. You've got to start all over, basically. You know, that's got to be a whole other thing to navigate. So I'm sure these hotlines could be good for people just for that. Like, hey, should, how, should I feel weird going into new spaces or old spaces again with new faces or whatever, right? Like, there's there's a lot of levels there, for sure. But yeah, that's cool, man, that that hotline exists. So I hope people actually use it and it gets funded and used appropriately. That's always my concern when I see stuff like that is like, 
how many people are going to just be idiots about it or is it going to lose funding once it's not the trendy thing or whatever but i i hope stuff like that lasts a while speaking of which they do accept donations you know if you want to if you want to help with these efforts so Good says we didn't plan that segue, but we had a segue right there. They are a five hundred one c three, so all of those donations are going to be uh, tax deductible if you want to do that. Good to know. All right, Brian, it's about that time of the week where we get to talk about things we learned that are very odd, fun, interesting. So, why don't you tell Buddy what you learned this week? All right, uh, Dead by Daylight, the extremely popular 4v1 asymmetrical horror game is uh, celebrating its sixth anniversary now. Crazy to believe it, but yes, six years. And one of the many things they announced yesterday during their anniversary stream was that they are branching off into a new game genre. And believe it or not, folks, there's going to be a Dead by Daylight dating simulator. I'm not making this up. So wait, wait, like... Online speed dating with Dead by Daylight motif? No, I mean you're literally you're gonna you're gonna try to impress the trapper, the spirit, you know, uh, the hag. This is the famous. Oh, Dead that's by even Daylight. creepier. Yeah, you're gonna be. <laughs> I thought you meant like this was gonna be a thing with like maybe you use the Dead by Daylight avatars and you go like meet no. other D by D players or whatever, but like. No, these actual Dead by Daylight characters want to date. You're going to play like, I don't know, random character Angela trying to hit on like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dude. Well, actually, said none of the licensed characters will be included because I'm sure they're like, you know, they, they just. <laughs> well, sure, sure, sure. Sorry, folks that want to date Pyramid Head. You mean can't help? But even then, that. it might be Creepy Clown Guy or yeah. whatever the Ridiculous Milkman or whatever it is, like. Yep. <laughs> that, that'd be a good one. The ridiculous. Milk no, man. I saw somebody who had a milkman skin. He was like, he was like, uh, like the classic milkman look, but you know, okay. obviously all horrified or whatever, which was crazy. But yeah, I don't, I don't like why, why is it? Well, because uh, for six years, people have been talking about which Dead by Daylight character they would smash. I mean, it's okay, surprisingly okay. common. Let, let me step back for a second because I don't want to kink shame nobody. Like for real. I know there's some people that are way into horror and I've talked to some friends who do have some like horror fantasy, sexy dream kink stuff. So like maybe there is a market for this. They clearly believe that there is. And this is going to be apparently done by PSYOP, the same people that brought you the, uh, the, I guess we could say popular KFC dating simulator. I love you, Colonel Sanders. I mean... They know how to work with big brands on dating simulators. Exactly. So. I, and, and in fairness, I mean, when it, when it dropped, that Colonel Sanders dating sim was everybody just because people could not believe the concept. But of course, they did kind of a you know handsome anime boy, Colonel Sanders. So they got a lot of attention. So I'm sure they'll be able and But before that, I hadn't heard of anybody saying they wanted to go out with Colonel Sanders. So, well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a whole curiosity, right? Like, same thing with the Dead by Daylight thing. Going to take off because I'm not even interested, but I kind of want to hop on and just like I'm kind of curious what somebody's pickup lines are going to be if you're like a crazy (laughs) killer. You know what I mean? Like, I'm curious now. Like, uh, not to make fun of anybody, but I like. I feel like in this case, you probably, the jokes are going to flow. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm not even doing, I'm being serious. Like, I'm kind of curious. I sort of want to know, like, what do you, because obviously, like, if you go out and, you know, you date somebody or you're talking online or whatever, like, 
I mean, you have normal conversation, but I'm like, if I'm looking at you as an avatar of this like creepy thing, like, what is our conversation like? Or, I mean, if you, if you are you date, you know, Michael Myers, I do have many questions. I'm yeah, sorry. Or, <laughs> or like, do you? I don't even like. I'm trying to figure out how to describe what I'm thinking, but like, are, are <laughs> if if they're in the role of the killer, are they supposed to say like creepy killer things to you because that's what you enjoy? You, like you know I, what I mean? I, like you and I have many of the same <laughs> questions, and soon enough, I guess they will be answered. And and I'm being genuine here. Like I'm not truly not trying to make fun of it, but my brain is just like, how does this work? <laughs> you know, like I, mean, you, I think, for example, the "I love you, Colonel Sanders" was clearly done very tongue in cheek. Yeah, that was all in jest. Like yeah, that was the just handsome anime Colonel Sanders that I've never seen the character depict, and, and that's part of the experience. It's like, hey, well, KFC also has a history of playing with their brand like that. So yeah, that's, that's not a huge surprise. But this is the Maybe first a time series of video games kind of taking on some of yeah. the more humorous aspects of Colonel Sanders. So yeah, I don't. That's a good find, dude. I I will be curious to know how this goes over. Um, I, if, if this is a downloadable thing, I might have to pay for you to download it and go try it out for me. <laughs> I, I think that this probably is a thing I should stream. <laughs> you should. Cause I, cause dude, I'm curious. I want to know. I want to like, this is where like just me being a nerd and a geek and whatever is like, I'm not even into that, but I kind of just want to know how it works. Right. Like just for the sake of knowing that, like, seriously, that's, that's, that's both weird and cool to me. And, you know, I, I should mention as part of the Dead by Daylight's lore, well, I, it's just almost any serial killer lores. Most of the characters are not supernatural. Most of these are people, you know, that they were a normal human being before they had some catastrophic life event that made them go around and just start murdering people. So maybe they kind of go a little further back on the timeline and talk about the things they were into before murder became their primary. I guess outcome. so. Do like the supervillain thing. Like, this is what drove me to this. Yeah. Like, I'm not really the bad guy, you know, like that sort of thing. Well, mine isn't nearly as entertaining as that, what I learned this week. But I will tell you, I got this thing, and it's from Tommy Bahama. And it lets me get $50 off an order, or $100 or more, online or in store. So I'm like, great. I don't even know if I have a Tommy Bahama store near me. Never shopped there. But I'll hop online. So I said, I'm going to go on the website. I'll get like two or three things. This would be fun. Maybe I'll review the stuff on my review channel, which that's a thing, by the way. You can check out Power Dragon Reviews if you want to just see like cool, interesting things you don't know about. I review them over there. So I hop on the Tommy Bahamas website because I'd heard the name a bunch of times growing up, yeah. but I'd never seen their website at all. It never had an interest. And uh, even with this $50 gift card, I'm probably not spending less than $50 on this website on a single piece of material. I can tell we have the same taste in clothes because I don't know if there's a Hama, or a Tommy Bahama store anywhere near me. It was Dallas. There would almost have to be, but I don't know where it is. Yeah, and here's my, like, I, I think when I scrolled hard, the cheapest thing was a V-neck crew t-shirt, whatever they call them, V-neck t-shirts, for like 90 bucks. That's the cheapest thing. Everything else is like 120, 150, 200 bucks, whatever. And I'm like, dude, I don't think I've ever even owned a shirt that's more than $60. 
I'm pretty we sure. We told this pre-show. I think all of the stuff I have that is in that price range is stuff I bought for a show or for a job or something. Yeah, job costume type stuff, right? Like, I now back in the day, I think I bought one shirt from the buckle, maybe two, and they have some pricey stuff. So I probably spent sixty bucks on those each. But that's it. You're talking about for me to get a shirt on here, it's going to be twice what I've ever spent on a shirt. And none of them look like terrible, but just none of them look like exceptional either. And I'm like, this is just a regular plain blue button up shirt. Why is it $180? (laughs) Like a a V-neck t-shirt, like literally for this same amount of money for one shirt, I can go get like two whole outfits at Kohl's and look fly as hell. Like, now, what this means is I still got to do it and get a shirt. So now I got to review it and just say, is it worth the amount of money I'm spending on it? Right. But like, I didn't know this was a whole thing. When I heard the name, I thought it was just like some, you know, mid to upper tier brand that just like older dudes wore or whatever. Right. Once you become a dad or whatever, and you're in like your 30s, 40s, 50s, you can shop at Tommy Bahama. Right. But yeah, this was wild. And, and here's the other thing to, to me, too, as like just on principle, I was thinking about like, Okay, let's say I get a pair of these shorts and they're like $110. Am I going to be cool just going out and like to the beach or hiking in those <laughs> or whatever and getting them all jacked up when I spend $100 on them? No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I so when would I wear these? Like, unless I'm going to a nice like barbecue bonfire type thing, you know, maybe. But like, that'd be about it. But yeah, it's a whole site. It's crazy. And like I said, none of it's bad. And if you like the Hawaiian style shirt, that's like probably half their t-shirt brands or whatever, <laughs> or their button-ups. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, I, I just got opened up to this whole new world that I didn't even know existed. And this brand is obviously popular because I've heard about it for years and just never shopped there. But it was kind of just a reminder of like how stuff can exist even for decades without you even actually knowing anything about it. Or having just the wrong misconception about it without really diving into it because like i said if somebody asked me what do you think's the average price of a shirt on tommy bahama i would have probably said like 60 bucks you know because to me that's an upper end brand shirt if you're just getting like a t-shirt for 60 bucks that means you're high end not that your shirt's necessarily any better but that's just how it's priced you know it's like you go get a 800 hundred dollar gucci belt or whatever for some reason i don't know you just do because gucci's on it but yeah this this is i was mind blown I was like, because I went on there, like I said, thinking, all right, I'll get three or four things. I'll end up spending like 60 bucks or whatever after the discount. And like, cool. Nah, (laughs) not even a thing. So, yeah, pretty crazy. But it's it's neat. If you want to just check out their clothing, I would say if you got the money, could be worth buying. They have some neat stuff on there. But, yeah, uh, obviously, hashtag not sponsored. But (laughs) figured, you know, it's just a thing I, I would share with people that sometimes our world gets opened up to just different things that are very basic because it's just never been in our worldview. But all right, that brings us to our topics of the week. And this first one, this might take up the majority of our topic segment if we let it. So we probably got to be a little careful, but uh I don't know, Brian, this is more in your wheelhouse, so I will let you start by describing this uh, situation slash tool that people may not know about. Yeah, uh, it's apparently come out that Activision Blizzard has some sort of diversity 
index that uh, they, I guess it depends on who you ask as to how much it's used or if it's used, but it just, I guess, is a. I'm trying to figure out how best to, but I guess almost like a, a sliding scale to categorize how diverse its characters are. For example, in Overwatch, a character such as Anna would get points on the scale for being a woman, for uh, being disabled because Anna is missing an eye, and I guess also for being an older woman, which is definitely a thing that we do not see in video games very often. So let's say maybe, I don't know, because I haven't actually physically seen it, but let's say Anna is an 8 out of 10. On the, you, can, you can already see how weird this sounds, which is why it became such news, because, hey, this seems way more difficult than just having actual diverse friends and employees who you could ask, hey, do you like the design of this character? Or do you know anybody, you know, that that we could use as a model for this character we're interested in doing? Yeah, I think that's my problem from, like, the highest level is even if, like, that's just in me as a, as a writer, right? I decide, okay, I'm going to have this female character. She's going to be from this country. She's going to have these skills. Maybe she's got, I don't know, a certain, maybe she's got autism. Like, I don't know, right? And then I say, okay, cool. I have one of the most diverse characters in my stories because she comes out as a seven out of 10. That still doesn't mean anything. Like I literally just slap some stuff on a character, but if I don't do the deep dive on the background of how like she may function differently because she has autism or how she perceives things. Right. Or, you know, because of the country she's from, there's been certain conflicts that may affect some of her relationships or whatever. Right. If you're not doing that level of work, then it doesn't matter that you just put all these different numbers on things. The, one of the other things, well, one of the many things about this is it's alarming is, okay, I guess the default setting is straight white male. <laughs> you know, that's considered to be the the norm per se. I don't know, is that a one out of 10 or is it, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure how the scale works. It, it's alarming. Yeah, and then somewhere, and I can't remember where I saw the, thing but it's like in addition to the chart there's like this or this grid that's got a bunch of numbers to every single thing and it's weird because some of them they're not even whole numbers it's like if it's a a gender male it's like a 2.929 and then if it's a gender woman it's like a 3.286 or whatever i'm like what does this mean and then across the board the the men and the women have different index points based on like age and other things. So it's just like, and then it's like on their morality, if they're good or evil, that gets a certain thing. And like, this is just like so much number crunching to not even like, it's like building a bad D and D character. It, it reminds me of uh, you remember Dead Poet Society, the part where they tried to rank poetry on a scale of how influential the poetry was. It just that, this feels like the same thing where you're trying to hey, you're trying like, to put numerical values on things that can't logically have a numerical value. But this, this is also part of the problem. One of the things for D and D, right? And when I run games, I, for a long time, I would let people just play whatever. And then I realized over time, I did two things. One, I told people, like, you don't pick your alignment. Your alignment is how you play your character. Because too often, I was running into players who would, like, 
as an example, let's say somebody is like a lawful good character, right? But the rest of the party decides, hey, we just want to wipe out all these goblins in this village. Even though there's no males, they're all off on a raiding party. We're going to kill all the women and children in this goblin village, right? Obviously, a lawful good character would be like, yo, hold up. Like, they didn't do anything. Like, why are we going after the right? But if you go along with the party, it's like, well, are you still a lawful good character? Like, at least if you made the argument and you got outvoted, whatever. But, like, if you just go along with it, you're obviously not a lawful good character. Right. So what I did is I started saying, okay, you are as you play your character. And then that's opened some players' eyes to, like, oh, these aren't just, like, words on a piece of paper. Like, if I'm going to say my character is this, then I need to do these things. Right? And then the other side of this, I quit letting a lot of people play evil characters because a lot of people don't understand how to play an evil character, right? Like using their chart, if we just say somebody's evil because they have this whatever background that makes them evil, well, what does that really do for the character, right? If you don't have a cool story, then, you know, you don't just go loot, pillage, rape, burn a village or whatever and be evil, right? Like a true evil character is going to make you trust them and like work stuff behind the scenes and maybe like turn you on your friends and you know, whatever. Because I, I remember having a D&D adventure where I, I was I was having to do something backhanded to, like, save some people I knew, but, like, I knew it was going to upset the party. So, like, I had to create this scenario where I purposely let one of the other characters see me saving one of the other people and save, doing something. So when something evil I was doing came up, they were like, well, no, if that's the way they were, why would they have saved you? They could have just let you die or whatever, blah, blah, right? I saw it. And I was like, that's how you do an evil character, right? Like, you you got to do these backhanded things and you're building up this history and this story. And that's sort of what I feel like would be missing if you did this, right? Like we're talking about is, okay, cool. You assign the right number of things. Well, I don't know. You got it. You scored a 95% on their index or whatever for diversity, but it's just empty. It doesn't mean anything. And I'm talking about like male, female, whatever. It doesn't matter. You just, there's still nothing there. You just have set dressing with no substance. So if you put all that on there and then, I don't know, you put the black character in, but then she doesn't say or act or do anything that would be typical of anywhere she would be from. Yeah. You know, like you say she's Jamaican, but then she speaks with an American accent or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it would just be awkward. Right. Like, the so black characters just there to say things like, damn. And that was whack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like how, how would that even work? You know, so and I, I guess you would argue that it doesn't because uh, they they had this tool and forgot to put any black women in Overwatch. So, yeah, that and, and then that was the other part of the story that got weird, right? Because one of the things they mentioned was Overwatch Two, as far as related to this tool. Which one? I still don't know why you need Overwatch Two. Just put all that crap in Overwatch One and keep it going. But whatever, whole different thing. But. Then when they gave the corrected piece, I guess, after seeing some of the negative press that was gotten, they basically said it's not being used in and of itself on any of the new projects. So is that a way of saying that you're already done with most of the stuff you're doing for Overwatch 2? <laughs> or that you didn't mean to say it was being used for Overwatch 2? Or was it actually, and then you decided maybe we shouldn't after we saw how much hate we got for it? Like, and also, you know, it only mildly pertains to what we're talking about, but many people have noticed that Overwatch 2 looks really more like Overwatch 1.5. So that, that could be that they just poured a bunch of stuff over. That's my thing. Why does it even need to exist? Just Well, because you, you, that's like saying, why does a new set of Magic cards need to exist? They need another couple of hundred million dollars. I mean, that's I why it has so. to exist. I don't know. Just do like, wow. Just keep adding patches. 
Like, here's a new set update. It just adds a new zone or whatever, right? I mean, there have been rumors, you know, because people have been saying for years that's what Madden should do. Hey, here's a roster update. Yeah, just here. I think they get more money if you know. Hey, here's give us instead of seventy, give us thirty dollars, and you can download the, the new free agents. Yeah, we you get that. the new rosters. We'll download the new stadium upgrades. You know, whatever. Cool. Because obviously, people that stream, you know, or people that try to play professionally, they got to buy the new game anyway. You still get their money. But I think yeah. if, you, if you were to do it the other way, you could get a lot more people's money. Just hey, here's you know thirty bucks for just the update. Okay, let, let's let's step back on this tool for a second. Is it possible that the obviously the tool by itself will not solve your problems? Like we we know that. Like this is not a fix. But is it possible that assuming you could get whatever math they put behind their indexing close to correct, could we use that at least as a baseline? To say, like, okay, you still got to do the work on the characters to make them fit whatever profile you're trying to give them. But if we just looked at your characters on paper, are they still, as a group, going to score within a certain average? Like, would that be reasonable to use the tool for? I, I, I just feel like it's really applying, you know, numbers and stats to things that should actually be human interaction. <laughs> just, oh, no, I, I agree to that. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I have no issues with that part of it. But I was just thinking, like, if we just looked at a roster of characters and we gave each one of them, I don't know, whatever the, let me look at their chart, their 10 traits or whatever they tried to give to everything. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight traits, I guess. Could we say, all right, if we broke them all down by their eight traits, you should have an average score of 16 just base. Like if somebody looked at your characters and said, I want to find something that represents me or close to me, you know, maybe me adjacent at the very least, like maybe there's a certain score that at least on paper, your stuff should be hitting. Now, again, I'm with you. We still got to do the extra level of work of saying like, hey, okay, if we're going to have these characters, we need to flesh out these traits so they actually speak to the people that they represent. But maybe that's a way when like, you know, because we've talked before about how you have these rosters of characters that are all just like dudes. Yeah. Well, you obviously would score, I'm assuming, less than half of their score or whatever. So it's probably bad. So you go, okay, we need to at least put some women in here. So we can up the score minimum. All right, cool. Now, maybe we need to look and go like, ah, we don't really have, you know, they're all fair skins. All right, maybe we need to have a South American character. Maybe we need an African character. All right, cool. We got that. You know, and then you look and go, okay, now our average score is like, I don't know. I think it adds up to like 20 or something. I don't know. So we'll say 16, right? Now I feel pretty confident about my roster of characters. And now we go in and start developing their backgrounds and their stories or whatever. Like, I could see it being used for that. Like, as like a, a, for lack of a better term, just like a quick sanity check on if you're headed the right direction. But I don't think it goes any further than that. I think that's literally. I'm, I'm still not even sure why we need to go that far. It's just at the end of this, like, if you realize, and hopefully you get to the end of this, and you realize, oh, crap, there's no black women in here. How did first? Well, first of all, let's fix that. Second of all, we need to go back through the process and figure out, how did that happen? Oh, I'm with you, but we also, I've told you, like, there's been diversity panels that have all white people. 
Yeah, and I and I think you know there's our problem, and I don't feel like the the sliding scales are doing anything to affect that problem. They're, they're taking us further away from just like you know you're talking about diversity in the game industry, and it's four dudes, and it's like yeah, uh, that's part of your issue, right? So, which supposedly Overwatch did not use this tool, so I. But I again, if we would apply this Overwatch tool to that panel. <laughs> yeah, you'd have been like, "Yo, our panel score is only like a seven. Like, we we need to get this up to at least a twelve. One of y'all's so, got to go. We got to replace you." So, so, yeah. so depending on who you ask, man, this thing wasn't even used for the, one of the biggest games the company has made. So, yeah, that's also the weird part. Like, it, I would, and that's kind of my final point on it was if you're going to have this type of tool and you're going to make an announcement about it or whatever, usually companies have like some proof of use or proof of concept or whatever of it, right? So you would have this shining example to say, hey, we used it on this game and this is the result we got. So this is why we're talking about it publicly finally, right? Like we're done with the test and it worked. But that's really not the case. I believe the only thing I could find where maybe they'd used it on something is they went back and they'd used it on, was it one of the Call of Duties maybe? Because it's gotten such bad publicity now that even if somebody used it at this point, they will likely never admit that they used it. Yeah, it was on Call of Duty Vanguard, I think they said, because I never even heard of that one or played that one. But apparently it was also not well received and got a lot of hate because it's diversity. So. Eh. <laughs> like, so even when you did use it and you kind of got what you wanted out of it, apparently the idiots didn't like it because of the diversity. And in in the case of Overwatch, it was in one of the one of the original drawings of the character Ash. Apparently, she was black, and then just over <laughs> over her development period, she just turned white. As <laughs> they kept redrawing the character, and it was and it, it wasn't ever discussed that she used to be black until this whole situation came. Hey, you're at this point 25, 30 characters, and four or five years in, why are there no black women in this game? That's also weird. It's kind of like, oh, you know, this is almost like as a hey, Ash was almost black. We talked about it. <laughs> we just didn't do it. But you might as well said was, like, well, I was almost a millionaire, but I didn't know, get the right scratcher. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like, it goes back to Activeliz is really bad at this. <laughs> really, really. Yeah, I don't know. I because I the thing is, I will say this. I appreciate the effort. I appreciate. Yeah, the I'm glad they're trying. Like, I like the idea that somebody's saying, okay, is there a way we could quantify this numerically or scientifically or whatever? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the exercise. But if you're going to roll this out publicly, you should have at least had a use case that you could point to for success. Otherwise, just be blunt about it and say, like, hey, here's something we're working on. We have no idea if it'll work. But we're at least trying to come up with new tools for whatever reason. And just make that the narrative. But this was just like, hey, we've used it on these things. We're planning on doing whatever. And, you know, then you talked about like Vanguard or whatever. And just like, okay, so you don't have any real successes with it. This is all speculation, but you're just throwing it out there. Weird. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely news for the week. But uh, yeah, something worth reading into. There's a lot of articles that cover it. So there's no particular one for us to link to or whatever. But yeah, just lots of perspectives. Definitely worth checking out if you don't know anything about it. You know, okay, so this past week, there was some Twitter drama, we will say, that came up for a couple of days. 
And I don't know. I was thinking about this. We maybe shouldn't even use the people's names and just say, like, if you know, you know, because I don't want to draw any attention to, to anything that's mostly handled or to people who don't want the attention. But uh, we will call them woman creator and man creator, right? For the sake of this discussion. But apparently, woman creator had a problem because I guess some people, from what I could decipher through the discussion, had, I guess, attacked them or came after them for whatever reason for creating stuff on OnlyFans and still being a magic creator or at least a somewhat personality in the magic space at this point. And in a statement they put out, they basically said, well, there's other males that are doing this and they don't get the same hate or whatever. And they still get supported by the community and the company and blah, blah, blah. The problem with that is I think the only man creator that we know that does that uh, probably thought all the bullets were being fired at him. Because I asked a couple of the people, and we only know one, and it was the same one. So he ended up putting out a statement, basically just saying, like, hey, I've always supported this. I still support woman creator. Like, this is fine. But then, in a way, it's almost like he felt the need to, you could tell from the way it was written, he felt the need to put that out because he was outed of sorts. Because he doesn't try to really promote it heavily. It's just kind of like, if you know what's there, it's there. Or if you know him, you know what's there. But then it got into just this weird space of like, why do any of us care? It doesn't change anything they're doing. Well, I mean, it, it can it can still get you kicked out of the content creator program. I guess they technically do not. Do they even really have a content creator program? No, it doesn't anymore. exist anyway. And my yeah. whole thing was the content creator program was stupid because you let everybody into it anyway. Unless but, you had an OnlyFans account, right? They let yeah, you yeah. in. Then they, what they found out about that, they kicked you out. And I will defend that hill till the day I die. The people say everybody should be. No, everybody shouldn't be allowed in. Like if you're just not doing the work, you're not doing the work. You don't deserve the rewards. Period. And there was a point where I didn't deserve the rewards because I was still new and I wasn't there yet. I didn't deserve to be in. I do now. But like, I, I hate that idea. Like, because at that point, what's your motivation for anything? You know, but I, I think the problem is we have a lot of people, which is another reason I hate the idea of like, Every time somebody posts something dumb in response to my stuff, like small indie company, oh, it's a game for kids, blah, 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 you know, all those dumb things that people like to throw out there. I always just delete them or I end up just blocking a bunch of those people because like, it's just dumb. Like you're smarter than that. You're better than that. Just what you're saying is not even funny. It's played out. Come on. Like that'd be like Chris Rock going to do a new stand up recycling a joke from 1985. Just stop. Right. Or, ni or 90, 90, when did G.I. Jane come out? Uh, <laughs> And then you got slapped for that one, right? right? So, but my thing is, though, it really doesn't affect anything. And we all have to admit at this point, like if, if you're, you got to You're just, everybody involved is just playing the game. Like Wizards and a lot of these other companies, it's not just Wizards, but a lot of companies will tell you, oh, our products for ages 12 and up or 13 and up, or depending on if you're in Europe or the US or whatever, because there's different restrictions. It's literally just so they can get the permission to advertise certain ways, do not to include or not include certain things depending on what project it is they're doing or whatever. That's all that's about. Literally means nothing else. Anybody who knows anything, and I've talked about it here on the show before, 
knows that the average age of a Magic player is north of 25. Most of them are, like, actually, at one point, it was close to 27. It might be equal or older now. Everybody knows it's not a quote-unquote, you can't see my quote fingers, kids game. So we just got to get past that logic. But even beyond that, like, do we care? Like, I, I know for a fact there is a bunch of people right now that you follow that are friends of yours that are, hell, probably your neighbors that you don't know half the crap they're doing. But they're still good people. They still help you out. They still entertain you. You can still learn from them. Doesn't change a damn thing. Like, if what the person's doing is not illegal and isn't directly harming you, who effing cares? Like, that's the part I don't get about any of these discussions. Now, the good news well, is... I think the wounds from the creator program are still fresh for a lot of people. And again, I don't know why. I, when, somebody, when somebody tells you that your work is not worthy, I think you take that a certain way. Or that your work is, let's say, dirty. Or it's not, you know, we don't want to associate with you. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you're going to feel a certain kind of way about that. Sure, it's but the same nature. thing would be as if, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with weed. Right. But if I do a lot of content where I'm talking about weed, but I'm also playing magic and wizard goes, well, we got to distance ourselves from drug use because of whatever things I'd be like, all right, I get it. I don't you agree with it. That's not necessarily everybody's. <laughs> oh, no, I understand. But like, that's just, again, we've talked about it before when it came up. That's just business. I don't know. I don't agree with it. I think it's, there's rules in place societally that are just dumb, but I get why companies got to do what companies got to do, but you can't be shocked about it because you know, you know what I mean? So that part doesn't even bother. I'm just talking about as an individual, as a person that consumes their content. Like, because I'm trying to think really what it would take. I mean, it's also weird too, right? Because people will have a problem with woman creator doing, or even, even man creator, because he did get a couple of dumb comments. But we'll say creators having an OnlyFans. But then... You know, like we're talking about these other people, you're trying to defend and come up with excuses why somebody would go and shoot some people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so backwards. Yeah. Like, I I don't get that at all. But as far as like, I told, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If I had a hundred people on a stream that said, "Yeah, we would support you if you had an OnlyFans," I am cutting that stream dead right then, and I am <laughs> going to go take some pictures. And I guarantee you, within 24 hours, I'll be taking memberships over on OnlyFans. You did do some shirtless photos, you know, that seemed to get a, a good reaction. That was, so. that was to support a call. That was to support, support other women that were out there, you know. So, like, I, there was the MTG booty thing. <laughs> and I was just like, cool, I'll, I'll put myself out there to support some people. I ain't got no problem with it. I got no shame. Whatever. But, yeah, I like, I don't. But, again, it wouldn't. Like, we would still do the podcast. I would still do my streams. I would still do my YouTube videos. Like, literally none of that changes. I'm just doing this other thing for side money. Well, some of it changed because you may or may not get, you know, get preview cards again. Sure. But again, what are preview cards? They're not doing anything. Literally, preview cards are a it's a fun token gesture. But that's it. Like people put weird stock into that. Like I literally have viewers or fans that will be like, hey, I noticed you weren't on the last two things for preview stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm just not, you know, and then that's the end of the discussion. Like, I, I don't understand why it's a thing. 
When it literally, people, you know, especially if they felt like you did a good job last time, they're rooting for you. They want to see you in the rotation. They, they may like the way you did it as opposed to the way somebody else did. Sure. But at the end of the day, it made me no more money. It maybe brought me a handful more views because here's the thing on previews anyway. Like, I, I, and I don't know if I ever told people about this, about previews. Like the times I get preview stuff, I literally have to be at my computer with three different windows open at the time I have them pre-scheduled to launch. So I literally have a thing on a uh, 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 a post ready to go on Reddit that I just have to hit send. I have a pre-scheduled post on Twitter. I have my video ready to go on YouTube, and then I'm literally sitting there so I can respond to every single thing, connect them all, direct people to each thing because I know within ten minutes it's going to be showing up on the preview sites anyway. So I'm immediately not even getting that traffic, like unless I'm actively there supporting it, talking about it, engaging in conversation, whatever, right? So you have to do a bunch of extra work to even get the extra views anyway. And then on top of that, and sore point for me, is a bunch of people that are getting preview stuff anyway, or stuff mailed to them. They just take two or three pictures and put it on Twitter anyway. Just like, hey, thanks, Wizard, for sending me XYZ or letting me promo whatever. And it's just like, we're not even putting in work anyway. So like, who cares? I mean, clearly a lot of people do. We argue whether they should, but a lot of people do care. I understand it. I don't even get it. And I, and I have a personal thing. Like, if somebody does put in a lot of work, I always retweet, share their stuff, whatever. Because, like, uh, what's his name? The Teferi, right? He did one where he did, like, this whole video of, like, himself dressed straight, like, talking to himself, like, trying to dig up an artifact or whatever on the beach. And, like, you could tell he put in, like, hours of work. And I'm like, cool, I will gladly share that. You know, there's been other creators have done like fun, silly parody songs and whatever and had to record stuff like, cool, I will share that. But pretty much anytime somebody's just been like, hey, here's my preview card. I'm like, "Eh, I don't even bother. Because if we're going to make a big stink about Wizards giving you a preview card or not, and then you're going to put in minimal effort. Then like, why should they give you one? Now, I don't know, like. I think there's a ton of other things and don't be wrong. I will still do it because I, I think it's good to represent and work with companies that you are supporting of the games that you're doing or whatever. And there's a good relationship to build there. And I think it's totally worth doing, but it's not like wizards pays any of us to do it. And most people aren't getting a significant amount more traffic or views because of it. It's really just a token gesture to say like, Hey, we have acknowledged that you do some stuff in our space that we appreciate. Here's a token card. And maybe some people really need that recognition. It's the same way I argue with people about why do you even want to be a partner on Twitch when you don't make any more money and they want you to be exclusive. But people are still like, it's a big thing for them, right? And, it's again, an achievement. and I think some of that comes, you know, from their audience. So the, the audience has the misconception that it's a, that it's a bigger deal. Then but educate you- your people. That's some people do. don't do education. Some people, <laughs> some people don't discuss politics. They, they, they. Because I've been blunt with my people. I'm like, hey, yo, if you want to support me, or whatever, feel free to go to this link because I get to keep more money. Like I ain't shameful. So, some people will never say a bad word to anyone that hands them money, and I understand that as a business stance. You know, I get I maybe I agree with it, but I can understand world. it. Because, matter of fact, I was doing consultation with somebody the other day, and I just said straight up, like, does it affect your dollars or not? If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. That's it at the end of the day. 
And I know that sounds very harsh to people. And I'm not saying I'm just in it for the money or whatever, but like, if we're talking about stressing over a thing or being upset over a thing or whatever, that's literally the point one. Does it affect anything else? If the answer is no, then I don't care. And like, you know, and, like I, we, we talked about, you know, how people are like, oh, well, you know, I'm leaving the stream because it's too urban. <laughs> you know, yes. somebody may leave because you tried to educate them. It's like, I'm here to watch Fortnite. I don't want to get educated. You know what? As The Rock said, boots to asses. Like, you just, <laughs> but you just, that's going to cost you. You boot enough asses and it costs you money. Sure. But here's my thing. I'm willing to do that. Like, I'm a believer because from the retail space, right? Like, and we still talk to retailers about this. They will I, at least a couple of times a year. There'll be a person that says, oh, I have this customer and other people don't like them either because they're rude or they smell bad or there's some problem. Right. But this person spends five hundred dollars a week in my store and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, cool. He's about to not be a customer after you talk to him. I don't care how much he spent. Like, because reality is that person is costing you other people. Because usually those people are ones that are outspoken. They're harsh. They're rude. They're whatever. Like, it's addition by subtraction. And for me, it's community building, right? I don't need every single viewer. I need people that are into my perspective, that want to talk about different subjects, who do want to be educated or whatever. And it also makes it better for me as a brand partner because I can say I know all these people are into the same things I'm into. I know all these people are willing to follow me to different platforms to support me when I have a problem or whatever, right? Because you've built that relationship. Matter of fact, I had somebody the other day. He, I can't remember what it was he, he said, but basically he had ignored something that I had obviously posted. So I redirected him back to the thing that he was asking about. I'm like, hey, I already posted this, here it is. And he's like, well, I didn't need that smart ass answer and blah, blah, blah. You're, I'm gonna unfollow you. And I'm like, cool. Hope you go find somebody that does have the content that you want. He's like, oh, well, you forgot. You need people like me and whatever. And the truth is, I don't. No creator does. None of us are going to get every single person out there anyway. So trying to fight for every single person is silly. Like, and I ain't got time for it. You're just going to have to be mad. <laughs> like, if I go through all the effort to put stuff up. And the other thing I tried to explain to him, too, I think I did include, like, hey, just be aware that whether it's me or somebody else, we do try to put a lot of information out there to save ourselves time because we have to respond to every single person or at least try to whenever there's these obvious questions that you're just ignoring, which is why sometimes we redirect you to the initial thing to train you to be able to look for that in our other stuff because that's the smart thing to do. It's, you know, lead a horse to water kind of thing, right? If they don't do it, they don't do it, but we at least got to try. But yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people just put stock into weird things for no reason. And it, and I think this leads back to kind of the other point we talked about. I think that's where a lot of that mental stress and pressure comes from. That you can't worry about all that stuff. Like, you just got to do what's best for you, your mental state, your schedule, your pocketbook. And at some point, whether we like it or not, we are creators and we are in the game space. And games are fun and we like enjoying them and talking crap about them and whatever, because that's what we do as gamers. But you're still trying to make money. And if you if you ain't keeping your eye on the prize, you fall behind. And and don't be wrong, like I know, and I'm not gonna call people out, but I know a creator that he's turned down some big money deals for branding because he was just like, Yeah, I don't agree with this thing, or I don't like what this company's doing, or whatever. And it's just like, cool, even though I know his audience would have been stoked if he'd have taken one of those deals. 
And it's just like, sometimes you just got to do what's best regardless. And the audience can only can drive so much. You're the one still in control. But to bring it kind of back to the whole initial point, like I, I, as a community member, I literally saw this and I'm like, I don't care what either one of those person does in their personal time. Unless it makes them a bad person or I find out they're like, I don't know, kicking puppies for sport or something. Then like, yeah, then I'd have a problem. But I don't know. I mean, you want to take pictures and show your body like whatever. Like, who are we worried about offending? And then people go, oh, well, this is a kid's game and kids might see it. I'm like, if a kid cheats and lies or whatever to get into OnlyFans, then they got other problems. That ain't the creator's fault. <laughs> that ain't Magic's fault. That's just a creative kid that decided, I want to see some boobies or some penis or whatever he's into or whatever. But like he decided. We're dead by daylight character. <laughs> <laughs> daylight, creepy Michael Myers in a G-string. I don't know how that's going to work, but whatever. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just think sometimes we got to, we got to recenter our thoughts and our discussions on a lot of things. Cause we worry about way too much stuff that has almost no bearing on anything. Now I will say though, credit to the two creators because they apparently behind the scenes were having long discussions. They also publicly talked about it and everything worked out. And as far as I can tell, at least to this point, neither has been negatively affected in any way or whatever. It seems like both communities of either person kind of came through and said, Hey, pretty cool for y'all to solve this the way you did. And it might've gotten each one of them a little bit more support, which is pretty cool. So I'm glad to see there was a positive resolution for everybody. But uh, yeah, we got a couple more quick things to hit on as we're already approaching already over the hour. <laughs> Uh, this one's just mostly an update on the issue we talked about last week with Carmen having issues with Wizards of the Coast and apparently already was resolved uh, within just a day or two. <laughs> so apparently stuff was... I, I, some people were like, ah, see, they saw what was on social media. I like, I, I think they saw it, but I don't think that was the issue because for things to get resolved in such a short amount of time, plus like stuff getting run up the ladder, checks getting signed, all that, like it, stuff was probably already in motion. But... Either way, just to say, cool that Carmen got paid. They deserved it. I don't think there's any question about that. Should have been equal to begin with. I would like to, on a personal level, know why there was a difference or what was initially viewed as a difference as to why it didn't happen. But whatever it is, I'm never going to know. Uh, Carmen made it sound like there were some discussions that were had privately. They were happy with the resolution. So, yeah, just an update for people that didn't know. I think that's more than fine. Money's where it's supposed to be. But this one is a bigger issue. So everybody knows we've been talking about how different conventions do and don't have certain mandates or whatever. And that's something we're going to be navigating for probably into the next lockdown if one comes. But Anime Central, they done messed up, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it was Monday. They decided they're going to announce that we're just dropping our vaccine mandate, which in and of itself isn't the worst thing possible. However, there are events this weekend. So you have people that have already bought plane tickets, got hotel rooms, you know, b b made 
cosplay costumes, you know, whatever. All arrangements have been made at this point. Yeah. And you're giving them six days to work it out. Hell, some of them you can't even, if you wanted to refund yourself, you can't now. Because you're too close to the flight date. And, you know, maybe you could refund your hotel with some of them. You know, because some of them give you like within 72 hours or whatever. So maybe that's possible. But there's some people that if they don't feel safe or comfortable, whatever, are going to be out a pile of money. And then my my okay, my question to you is this, though, like, what's the point of doing it this close? Because you've already sold the majority of the tickets you're going to sell. Like the shows this week. I mean, maybe since apparently the staff is, I guess, pretty much all volunteer, maybe they felt there would be issues trying to make people enforce these mandates and they've already gotten some pushback. I don't know. But then you solve the problem by going, hey, cool. If you get door duty, we're paying you $100 a day or whatever. Apparently they're not paying anybody. Well, That's what I'm saying. But that's how you solve that problem. You don't just say like, well, we're just going to drop the mandates. We don't have to check stuff at the door. Like, no, you just pay somebody to do it. That assumes you budgeted money to pay them, and clearly you didn't, or they wouldn't have been volunteers to begin with. I mean, I guess not, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could find, like, help for a convention of their size. I'm pretty sure I could find 2K or so to solve that problem. Uh, Perhaps they couldn't or just decided not to. I I mean, this is is bad, because, again, I'm in favor of mandates and whatever, but I get it if you're not. And if you're a company and you're not and whatever, and that's how you feel, or you're in a state where you think it might cause some problems, cool. But you can't change it a week out, less than a week out, six days. Like, that's crazy. Like, I don't, I don't, I truly yeah, don't know. What that yeah, is. it's a horrible mistake. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> they shouldn't have, but we'll, I guess we're going to see if they manage to pull it. And apparently there's a whistleblower now also. Somebody that, uh, says their own staff is posting all the behind the scenes stuff saying apparently staff had no idea this was gonna happen again there's since it's an anonymous account i have no way to verify if they actually work there or not but that's Everything what's being a problem. like from the yeah. way it's run to the way it's scheduled like i like yeah i just don't see the only thing and i'm with you maybe the only thing is laziness you just decided hey we don't want to go through the effort of checking or that now if we want to think about the devious side of it, it's okay. Well, we got all the tickets we're going to get from people who wanted to come when there were mass mandates or, or, or vaccine mandates. Right. So if we drop it, we might get some percentage more people who didn't want to show up when these mandates were in place. That's 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 the devious part. And I'd like to give them benefit of the doubt and say that's not it. But we don't know. But. It's one of the things you do have to consider as an actual possibility. They're saying on their website, 33,000 plus attendees. So yes, you would ideally think an organization that big could afford to pay some people. Oh, you 100% could if you're that size. Like there's zero reason you couldn't afford that. Because that's, you're t- and like I'm saying, you put each person works whatever door for like two or three hours at a time. You pay them for their shifts, rotate them out regularly. You could budget for that for three days of convention. That's that's not a huge deal. But yeah, that that is a bad bad move. Like again, and we talked about it last week with Star City, and you know, but at least Star City is saying up front, hey, before you make plans, this is posted on our website. Yeah. This is a thing, you know, whatever. But if they would have changed it a week out, 
Oh yeah, definitely. I would have been more up their butt about it. And w- and with every re- every reason to be. Yeah, this this is. And I don't. And this isn't the last. I'm sure we're going to hear of somebody doing something like this. Yeah, I, I you know that there is like so much of this. There is no precedent for what is currently happening. We yeah, never no would have imagined basically the world being to some extent shut down for two years. Yeah, no playbook. And and the other thing too we have to talk about is, and this is why I'm saying we don't know why they did it because coming out of the other side, everybody could have different motivations, right? Like it could be we need to get numbers to a certain point because we have investors or whatever. It could be, we do just need to get every dollar because we're struggling because of the last two years, not having the convention. Maybe we promise so much attendance to get a certain deal at our venue. You know, maybe that's how we get a certain amount of money from our vendor. I don't know, right? There could be so many different reasons. People may need to manipulate their attendance or numbers or whatever to make up for lost time or lack of growth or who knows what, like every company is going to be operating differently. The only thing I think this we did learn from this is ask as many questions as possible, check everything on their website as far as schedule, mandates, whatever, to understand what you're getting into going to these new conventions. Because myself included, I'm going to Richmond because they do have all those protocols in place. If it was Syracuse, I'm not sure I'd be going to that one. And I'm already keeping an eye now because we don't know what TwitchCon is going to look like yet. You know, we don't know what DreamHack Atlanta is going to look like yet. I have those tentatively scheduled, but I haven't bought tickets or anything for them yet until they post that. And I mean, I'm because that's the thing that matters to me. So as much as I want to go, if I just miss out, I miss out. You know what I mean? Like I, I, it's not worth for me to risk my safety or whatever, unless I know I can do it in a way that I'm not having to be in the crowds. So there's a bunch of different things that I think everybody's going to have to check for themselves. And that may just be the case, like we said, for several more months, because we are seeing some spikes in some different places with COVID still. So, you know, just kind of got to play it by ear for a bit. But, but between this and the, the, the sudden rash of people slapping comedians, I don't think I'm ever going to an event again. <laughs> You you might be in trouble. You might need to go do stand up with a helmet. Right. Uh, all right. So we did allude to this in the beginning of the show, but our dinner table topic kind of comes back all the way full circle this episode. It's the, the long callback. But, you know, I guess the subject comes down to, and, and I'll talk about why this, this kind of got put here. There's a company that is on Kickstarter uh, they they their first Kickstarter was called Crack and Dice, so that's the company they name they put it under, and they had iconic mythical collection of RPG dice, which you know they put up some nice pictures and they did all this, but if you go look at all the feedback, it's pretty much negative. I don't know if I saw a positive other than hey they at least delivered close to on time, you know that's about it, but their product wasn't right. You know, they didn't handle customer service well. There's still some, it sounds like somewhere between 5 and maybe 10% of people that didn't get their stuff or whatever. So they, and I wish I looked up their name, but they, they relisted or they started a new campaign for the next round of dice, but they're using a new name and stuff like that. But it comes up because when you dig deeper in the company and you find the person and everything else, they are followers. And actively, it looks like comment on things from like people on Fox News, you know, Ben Carson, 
you know, they they follow like Trump, they follow this, whatever. And not so much that it's just that you follow the right ideology or whatever, but it looks like they actively like or comment on things that are attacking certain communities. You know, some some anti-LGBT stuff, you know, stuff like that. And so my question becomes like, at what point, or is there ever a point where it's okay to support someone that may be doing a thing you like? Like, let's say this company aside, let's say it's somebody that's, I don't know, raising money to get more pet adoptions or something, right? And you think that's a great thing. But then you find out that person is anti-LGBT or they're all for like, I don't know, gentrifying, you know, these underprivileged neighborhoods or whatever. Is it still okay to support that cause? Even though, because the person's doing some really good things, but you don't necessarily agree with all the stuff they believe in or support. I I mean, I generally don't. Like, I, I can't find it in me you know, again, this comes back to what I talked about. Like, I have a supporter that pretty much wants to defend a lot of the problematic behavior, but doesn't necessarily come at me with anything particularly. So that puts me in a worse spot. So I just don't interact with that supporter anymore. I've just made it a point that, like, I am not commenting on their things. I'm not retweeting anything. I'm not in any way engaging with the stuff they post. But, like, it's a weird feeling, right? Because you have this person that support, and it's the other way around, right? They support me, but I know I don't support a, maybe even 10% of their views. So, like, I don't know. How do you navigate this stuff, dude? It really is case by case basis. I mean, if I've talked with with the wife about this, she's like, "How can you, you know, hang around this person? How can you work with this person?" And I live in Texas. If I just take a hard line stance or like I'm not going to do any shows for Republicans, spoiler alert, I won't work in this state. So it's yeah. I mean, that's fair too. I guess. I mean, I've been there. I got to work with people who where I am not. I mean, now keep in mind if it's. Long as it's not like, hey, you know, uh, like you said, you know, young, you know, young people in favor of kicking puppies in in dark alleys, like, because you know, I I had that issue too, right? Like where I'm setting up a convention, and I'm like, okay, cool. We I'd rather have local vendors and stuff first, then we'll reach outside. But then like one comes forward, and it's like, yeah, but I don't really like some of the stuff you support. So like now do I look bad having that person at my event and do I get a bunch of negative press by starting some beef with another company? And I ended up just telling the person no for different reasons. You know, I didn't tell them why, because at that part, I didn't want to just start a mess. But I did think about that of just like, I guess I need to not work with this person. But I also know that this comes with a big professional risk, especially locally. I mean, let's say, you know, I've I've agreed to to be at a club and I find out, hey, they've booked Joe Rogan. I ain't gonna, if I wanted to tell somebody Joe Rogan or me, I know who they're going to pick. I'm fully aware of what stage I'm at in the career. So, yeah, that's real talk, though. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, yeah, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. Like, that's like, hey, dude, just so you know. 
we're going to bump you down, you know, or actually, you know, maybe we're going to give you 15 minutes. We're only giving you five because we're going to make some more room for Louis C.K. to be on the show tonight. Exactly. And I, that that's the kind of calculus you, you have to go through. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's I told one. you about one show where, you know, that I... I, I was kind of offended at the, the some of the, the the character that they were making me play. It was I felt like this is I feel like this is this is too much, and I wasn't a part of the I guess you would say the the the, the group that I felt should probably be offended. I'm like you know this this offends me. Are 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 we sure? But but I at that point you know I'm already. That position be like, I'm just not doing this show. You know, I'm not at that stage in my career. Plus, you know, if I decided that I'm doing that and 30 minutes before the show starts, I screw over everybody else. Yeah, that's also see, that's the other thing, too, right? Like, how does it affect other people around you if you do or don't follow through with a certain thing? So then, because then that's another consideration. It's not like any of them are listening. I'll just go ahead and look. Look, they wanted me to be, first of all, they wanted me to play a gay character when I'm straight. That's one issue that is already being discussed all over the acting industry. Also, they didn't want to know just because uh, they wanted me to like Nathan Lane would be Nathan Lane times three. You were just totally over the top. Yeah. It was to the point where I'm thinking, like, I'm offended, and I feel like anyone in the audience that's gay is probably going to be offended, but this this is what my boss at the time has asked me to do. So it's it's rough, man. And and I get it, because as a person, we would all love for each individual to be able to take a stance to say, like, no, I won't do that. But I'm also smart enough to understand that a lot of people just aren't in those situations to be able to say no for a whole variety of reasons, whether they desperately need the paycheck or they know it comes with some level of negativity that affects their family or their loved ones or whatever. Like, it's difficult. Even had I discussed this, you know, with creative people beforehand. I could have said, no, I'm not comfortable doing that. But this is one of those situations where it's. The show is in 30 minutes. If I walk out now or if I or if I have an argument with the director now, it's going to this is going to affect pretty much everybody. And everybody didn't agree to that. Everybody didn't have a problem with it. Also, probably hey, work as well. Yeah. You know, because now, regardless of the reason you're doing it, you're going to be painted as unreliable. Right. So, yeah, it's tough. I mean, that, this is why I tell people like. Sometimes you all you can do is do the best you can to do some research to find out something about the company or person or whatever before you interact with them. But you're still not going to know everything. So sometimes you're just going to get blindsided. You know, and that's why I guess there's also another level to this because there are some people that I have also not unfollowed because I kind of want to keep tabs on the enemy is the best way to describe that, right? Like, I kind of want to know what's going on or when something pops off, I kind of want to know what the perspective is of what's going on out there. So I kind of get it. You may not support Trump, let's say, but you know if you follow him, you'll at least know all the immediate rhetoric or where people are getting their cues from, right? So just because you follow him doesn't mean you're a supporter. There are some other logical reasons that you might. 
And that becomes a different argument. Now, if you see my comments and how I react to them or, you know, the discussions going on and you can go like, hey, you don't just follow this person. You're you're bootlicking, you know, whatever. <laughs> like that, that's a different thing. Right. But you might be like, OK, I see that you follow them, but you never comment on any of their things or you don't retweet or share. it. So obviously this could just be just a research purposes sort of thing. And, and I don't think that's unreal. Especially if, if you're in the world of social media or if you're in any media, really, just to know what's going down or where conversations are starting. It kind of makes sense to follow some of the influencers just to know and have a heads up. Even in our space, I will say there are some uh, questionable people and or companies that obviously, if you know anything about me or anything about them, we do not cross paths at all. But I'm still aware of their actions because it's good for me to know those things. So if somebody came along and was like, hey, I noticed that you still follow so-and-so. What's up with that? I'd be like, hey, I know this person has questionable behavior, and I'd like to have the lowdown on that behavior before it sneaks up on me. You can go back and look, and we have not had any positive interactions to date, but I do still follow them. <laughs> right? So that's another thing, right? And I don't know if that counts as supporting or whatever, but it, you know, it could be looked at weird. But yeah, I don't know. I I just this is one I have a tough time. Like I personally, like I said, for me, if you follow or support things that I think are harmful, unethical, whatever, like I'm just not I'm going to do my best to not support you or or your businesses. Because like as we've seen with like Chick-fil-A and some of these other places, like they're donating money to some very questionable causes. And like, I would like to not support that if possible. So I, for real, you know, Chick-fil-A is a good example. I ain't ate in Chick-fil-A and I can't remember when. And there's other places that I'm like, the hell, I told you before, I was on here like boycotting Nestle for like a decade. Right. Because I found out about all the questionable things they were doing, all the people I knew in the environmental wildlife, you know, zoo jobs, they all didn't like any of the stuff Nestle did. So I'm like, obviously this is bad. I can't support them. And then when they sold off a bunch of Nestle stuff, we was back to the Butterfinger. Like, <laughs> it was cool. But it was, it's just one of those tough things, you know. And I, and I think it's hard for a lot of people. I mean, just like you're saying, there's a lot of reasons you, and you like, unfortunately have to follow through. Like you said, you you took that hard line stance against Nestle, Chickley, and Nestle. <laughs> Nestle, Chick-fil-A, I make it home to corporations. But uh, on the other hand, I have a wife and three kids, and we have to compartmentalize the politics. Like, hey, if the kids want to eat a Chick-fil-A, I am not going to tell them they can't eat a Chick-fil-A because I'm not – I'm not well, – I'm so I could have that discussion. People can be looking at me like, seriously, we just <laughs> children are hungry. Let them eat. We, we ain't having this argument right now, Mr. Politician man. I feel you. And it may be one of those things like until they're, you know, near adulthood or something, it just may not be a thing worth fighting over. You know, so I, there's a lot of reasons. I, I think it's tough because I think we still have a lot of people who immediately want to jump to. Nope, this is just a black and white issue. This is just an A-B issue. And it's like, nah, there's a lot of space between there. So if I think you, everybody knows, you know, with, with your with your family, sometimes your friends, you you gotta pick your battles. You ain't mm -hmm. you ain't gonna win all of them. You're not even gonna have time to fight all of them. I would say if there is somebody that you really want to that you you're really ready to vilify for following or supporting something or whatever, 
at least reach out to them and give them the opportunity to discuss their position with you. Because there could be a lot of reasons. Hell, they may not even know that a certain person's a problem. Hell, I know I've got people that follow me that I have no idea who they are. Yeah. So if you're like, hey, I noticed you're followed by these like four people. Do you know how problematic they are? I'm like, dude, I have no idea. I don't know these people. But now that you pointed out, I might know. So I think there's a lot of gray space in there to to really discuss. But like I said, it made for a good topic because it's something that came up recently. But yeah. Anyway, we are way over time, Brian. So why don't you tell everybody how they can find you on socials? All right. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And I am currently making a push to get to 20,000 subscribers in the next couple of months. I need about 2,000 more. So if you haven't followed me over on YouTube, go over and hit the subscribe button. I'd appreciate it. And as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of yourself and your family with these COVID spikes and everything else going on. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 